I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get excited when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her mindset and her backstory on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Janice Bartley. She is the founder of the nonprofit Foodpreneur Lab. Her personal mission is to level the playing field and open doors in underserved communities for would-be and established food entrepreneurs tackling systemic barriers head-on and pioneering new approaches to creating access for those historically prevented from fully participating in the food sector is front and center for Janice. Drawing on her 30 years of lived experience in food and entrepreneurship, Janice is forging ahead with her fierce mission to create gender and racial equity for all foodpreneurs. So please welcome to the show, Janice Bartley. Thank you. And that's a wonderful introduction. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and to share your story with us and your gems and your wisdom and your 30 years of experience. I cannot wait to to get into this conversation. All right, let's jump in, girl. Let's jump right in. (laughs) Let's do this. So, okay, before we get to where you are presently, uh, I love to ask just as an icebreaker question, because I believe, you know, as, as we are little kids, we have these vivid imaginations and, you know, we, ha- we fantasize about what we want to be or who we want to be. And then society or our family or culture tries to limit us and put us into this box. So before you got to that point, I would love to know, you know, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? I had a vision of being uh, a ballerina. I I loved to dance. It was, and I loved to dance so much that, and this is where our, our imaginations are a blessing. So growing up as a child um, in, in Jamaica, we used to have, and I don't know if some people remember, we used to have sandbags that we used to use as door stoppers. And I used to poke holes in the sandbag, sprinkle it in the hallway and slide <laughs> Always, and so I'd pirouette and do all these things, and that always stayed with me. So I, I always felt I should have gone to an art school. Mm. I was more on the art side. I was never an academic person, so I want to throw that out there. So you know all those false narratives that are out there saying, "Oh yeah, well you have to do this." No, um, 
So I, I counter whatever everybody else has said. And, and yeah. And then the other thing was I always had, I just always used to play school as the headmistress. So, <laughs> you know, somewhere in between. Okay. 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 So like at any point, did you ever get into dance, like pursuing anything like that? When I was a child, I took dance lessons, ballet lessons, and I think that's what stayed with me. And then later on, I was more of an athlete. I was a track and field athlete. So, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So explain to us how you got to where you are today. Tell us that story. Well, I am going to preface it by telling you this. Sports played an integral role with regarding my mindset. And I was able to link both in my 30s uh, of um, the significance that it played. And, And why do I say that is, as a runner, I was a sprinter. And then as I got older, I still ran. And I used to do um, hills in my 30s. And one of the things about being an athlete, or, you know, having that ingrained in, in you is that some days you make it up the hill when you're running, without effort and then other days it's just like oh my god what was I thinking I'm too embarrassed to walk back home (laughs) people are gonna see me (laughs) and so and so that was the template for my approach in life when I had challenges obstacles or whenever I addressed anything and so fast forward this has propelled me to where I am and I'll also tell you many people never thought I'd be here. It wasn't a given. I'm Black. I am female. I'm working in a space where it's predominantly male and white. And it's part of a a call to action for representation. So of course, Mm -hmm. you're going to ruffle some feathers. I don't know whose feathers I'm ruffling. And quite frankly, I don't really care because I don't watch that side of the TV. I kind of deal in the present mindset, right? And so... Yeah, just that approach for me is how I've dealt with stuff. I'll say in my 20s, we all go through it where we're kind of trying to figure out our identity. But once I hit my stride, and we can talk about when that happened later on, it's like you're not concerned about what other people think Mm -hmm. because your purpose is higher. Your purpose is higher. Absolutely. Well, okay, so let me ask you this. Would you say that you're walking in your purpose right now? Absolutely. And let me tell you, I struggled in my 20s, 30s, and even uh, in my 40s, I can, you know, admit, because people always say, you need to find your purpose, you need to find your purpose. But a purpose is not a needle in a haystack. That's not what it is. Mm -hmm. A purpose is you falling into something and you can't walk away from it. That's the best way I can describe it. So for example, you find a cause, or I shouldn't say find a cause, you're drawn to a cause, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And even though you don't have any money, even though you don't have any expertise, even though you don't have any support, you just know whatever is wrong or what ne- whatever needs to be amplified or whatever needs to be brought to light, you need to play a part. Mm-hmm. And you eat, sleep, drink this thing, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> like you can't shake it. And that's what happened with me. And so I fully understand. Oh, okay. So now I understand what purpose is. And being being a woman of faith, I prayed about it because I was like, okay, God, like really, I don't have any money. 
you want me to do this? <laughs> you know, I'm taking hits left, right, and center. How is it possible? And then, you know, I, you know, I do my devotions every day and I try my best because God knows you're battling some serious demons out there, <laughs> whether when it's internal or external, right? And you know, I always remember, you know, what Moses must have felt like having to go through the desert with these people <laughs> constantly complaining. So I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, so so that so that's how I looked at at, at my approach. But yeah, that's well, for me the purpose. I find a commonality between all the women that I've had on the show, and I think we're well, we, by the time this airs, we'll be at probably 170 episodes. Plus, wow. you know, the, the other women that I've interviewed were, you know, the episodes haven't come out yet. Um, but a commonality of, you know, almost 200 women that I've that I've interviewed is that their pain birthed their purpose. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So I get the feeling that that is the same with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so, yeah, that's pain coming, comes in many ways. Some, some are related, some are unrelated, you think, but there's always a relationship. And so I started a, a business as an entrepreneur with, with my partner of 20 something years and he passed away in 2012. Oh, wow. And um it was he suffered from PTSD and he committed suicide and wow. i was i was just devastated i i cannot describe to you the the level of pain and so i internalized all that i didn't communicate with anybody it took me it took me six years to come through it, the grieving process. But mm -hmm. the first two years, I, I shut down. I, I, I was no longer, you know, participating in the sector. I went on hiatus because I never really had time to grieve what we were going through because he was ill. Mm -hmm. And it really affected me in more, more ways than, than ever because he was my business partner and he was my relationship partner. So it was right. like double whammy. Yeah. And a lot of my growth happened as we were building the business with him. And so I felt like I lost a half. I, I lost a half of myself. Mm. And what that allowed me to become is extremely sympathetic and empathetic for other people who experience that as well. And for women who lose their partner, reg partners, regardless of the circumstances, mm -hmm. because I fully understand the emotional reset as a as a woman that you you go through that nobody prepares you for and one of the things i learned about grief is nobody prepares you for it no. you learn you learn how to cook in the kitchen <laughs> you learn how to clean the house you learn how to do financial statements you learn how to love people you learn how to manage relationships but nobody tells you how to manage grief. Mm -hmm. And I had a I have a very good friend and she's all she's like a sister to me and um she said to me okay I'm going to sign you up with an organization that um helps people who have experienced who've lost partners by suicide. And I said okay without hesitation because I knew I didn't know what to do with all this emotion because mm -hmm. it's a lot and 
I went there and it was extremely helpful. And it also gave me perspective because I realized when I was in the group, I was doing a lot better than the other people that were there. And so that kind of made me realize, okay, okay, you know, whenever this ends and it never ends, but however, however you have to package it and, and place it because it's delicate, then you take whatever time that's required. Mm-hmm. And so through, through that birthing, I was reborn, literally. And so I recognized what my strengths were. I recognized that I was not the sum total of my partner and um, my business is not the sum total of me. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I recognized that all these things we're running around to acquire doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter. And so um, I worked myself to the bone prior to that, to the point where I got so sick, I had to take some time off. I le- Lesson number one I learned, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. Because money can't buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the loss of my partner, I learned relationships are so important especially with the people around you and the people who you come in contact with. Because I always make an effort to be present when I'm speaking to people, whether it's five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour. That's important to me because you don't know what that other person on the other end is going through. Right. And you don't know how much your smile can mean to someone else. Because sometimes we forget what we bring with our personality, how you brighten up somebody else's day in its simplest form just by showing up. Yeah. And so that that has been my takeaway from from that pain. So, you know, the money is great. That's fine. You can only have so much of it because you can only buy so much before you start repeating the same purchases. <laughs> okay, bigger and better. But yeah, it, it really brought home what really matters. Mm-hmm. Wow! And I don't stress about crap that I used to. I I don't. I could yeah. just one life. I get one kick at the can. I'm gonna make the best of it. Right. Like I mean, first of all, my my condolences for your loss. I'm sorry for your your loss. Thank you. Um. You know, hearing your story, and and this is why I say that there's so much beauty in our stories because you can hear another woman's story, and there's always some part of it that resonates with you that you can either connect with directly or you know someone that's experiencing the same thing you know our our stories connect us and i don't know what it's like to lose a you know a partner but i lost my sister in 2012 mm, and my we condolences about, as well thank you and when you were talking about just you know the things that no one teaches you how to handle you know, the, the grieving process. And, you know, we all, we all grieve at, at different paces different, and, yeah. um, and things, but like you were able to go on your own, I'm going to say personal development journey because where you just said, you know, you learned that your, your relationship wasn't the sum of you and the business that you had, like you were able to find yourself um, yes. I guess, through the process. You were able to find your own voice. You're able to, you know, find that awareness and tap into your strengths. And I know when my sister passed away and people used to say stuff like everything happens for a reason. And I wanted to punch mm. them in the throat. <laughs> but, 
but <laughs> when you look at the journey of who you've become and, yeah. and your strength and resilience since then, right? It, you've developed like I I don't know who you were then, but listening to your story, like the the development, you know, and, and the person that you've developed into, and the work that you're doing, and the impact that you're making is just so beautiful. So um, I think it's, it's a great, I guess, a way, a great way to honor. Um, yes. Yeah. The memory of that, of the individual. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that is what I remind myself every day because there are times I hear myself, man, if he was here, he'd be so proud. He mm-hmm. would just, you know, cause he was one of my biggest cheerleaders. So I was very fortunate that way. Still a pain in the butt, just like any relationship. You know, I don't, I don't want to pretty it up and go, oh, he was perfect. Hell no. <laughs> But, right. <laughs> you know, fantastic cheerleader, full of encouragement and just a beautiful soul. So, I, yeah, I was very fortunate. I love that. I, I love that. So tell us about the impact that you're making with the, the Foodpreneur Lab. So Foodpreneur Lab was created in January 2019 as a not-for-profit. And the mandate for us is to really ensure that we deliver gender and racial equality in the food uh, ecosystem. And we do that by supporting uh, all our food entrepreneurs that are looking to launch and scale their food products. And that was important for me because of the lack of representation I was seeing. And I, I didn't understand why that was. And so my my foray into this was asking question, asking the one question that literally tethered me to this was, why are we not here? And I was like a dog with a bone. I just couldn't let it go. And the more I asked and the more I did research and the more I was looking into the stats and, you know, what percentage of ethnic food as, as they categorize it was representational 14%, but we don't even represent 14% in the market. I was like, how is that possible? And mm-hmm. so what I started to do was put together bits and pieces in the design of, of what we now have, which we refer to as our pathways, not programs, because for us, pathways are plans of action. And so that's that, that was very uh, important for us. But, you know, how, but more importantly, how to do it differently because the current incubator accelerator style approach wasn't necessarily, not even necessarily, wasn't meeting the needs of our communities. Because when I'd go and ask, so are you aware that, you know, this space exists, this pro-? and the answer was always no. no. And mm-hmm. so what, what became very clear is that the trickle down information was not trickling down. At somewhere it was stopping and we were over here, you know, doing our own thing, trying to make it. Meanwhile, if we just, you know, looked over the fence, oh, there's some tools <laughs> and there's some space. <laughs> and, and, and so I, you know, with my colleague, I said to her, I said, okay, this has got to stop. I literally said that to her. I said, this has got to stop. And so, you know, that was when the fire was lit <laughs> and, you know, I, I went around and I don't want anybody to think that, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I woke up and the fire was lit under me. I saw, I saw a gap and I, I wanted to fill it. No, I took some hard knocks in the process of it. I've had some severe disappointments and I've had the dismissals, right? I've been overlooked. I've gone through all that, but you know, I'm, 
<laughs> I'm a firm believer. And coming also from my background, growing up with Jamaican parents and, and living in, in that history and culture and the sayings, which is what, what is for you can't on for you. So yeah. nobody can take <laughs> what's designed for you. Okay. Try all you might. So, yeah. and, and so with that tenacity and verve, that's where, where I, you know, kept moving, kept moving, kept moving. So for every bounce I took, I got up and I, ju- I just kept going. So I was like a dog with a bone, but yeah, that is what created food printer lab. And in doing so, we made sure that we designed something that what that that spoke to the food entrepreneur, which was individualized. It was done in an environment that is supportive. It was done in an environment where people look like you and that they understand you, that they could meet you where you're at, that they could appreciate your lived experience. In other words, you didn't change to participate. Change would happen while you participate, and there lies the difference. Love it, love it. You know what's interesting? Um, just about I'm going to say 15 minutes before we were scheduled to record this episode, I had opened my phone to a WhatsApp group that I'm a part of with a cohort from a, a women's entrepreneurship incubator program that yeah. I was a part of that helped me to launch uh, my other business, and um, I was reading one of the messages because they still send us things opportunities mm-hmm. and, and things that are out there. And I looked down and I was like, foodpreneur lab. So <laughs> so I'm reading, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm interviewing Janice in like 30 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. with that said, tell us about the the government funded pathway that you have right now. So that has been a blessing, let me tell you, because I literally spoke to you, the universe, and said, okay, this has to change. We need to find funding that speaks to entrepreneurship that supports Black communities. And literally in two weeks, the government of Canada announced the Black Ecosystem Fund. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because Mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer we are expected to perform without the skills, the tools, and the money. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible. And so they made an announcement for $200 million. And part of that is uh, the ecosystem, the black ecosystem loan fund and the black ecosystem program, where we were one of 30 participants to receive funding for the next four years, four years. And so this supports all sectors of entrepreneurship, which I am so thrilled about because we are so talented. You know, we have always been operating from a deficit. The Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce did a report on Black businesses and 71% of Black businesses bootstrap, which means you are launching in debt. As simple as that, okay? And yet we still manage to compete. So one can only say, my God, what would happen if we did have some money? I'd hate to see what we could do. (laughs) You know? It was a no-brainer. It's unfortunate it took this long, but you know, everything happens at the right time, whatever that right time is supposed to be. But I am so pleased because now, you know, we get to invite a younger generation into the frame. We get to invite women, men in the, within the black community that have ideas and dreams within them that they thought they could never launch, Mm -hmm. you know, and 
I always say the biggest sin is to die with the dream inside you. And, and, you know, we always have this story that when you go to heaven and St. Peter and Peter meets you at the gates and, he, and you meet up with the Lord, the Lord says, let me, I'm going to open this door and show you something. And when he opens the door, it's all your blessings that you never tapped into because doubt and fear took mm-hmm. over your life. Yeah. And so I live by this motto and sometimes I've found out, which is, gee, what's the worst that could happen? Try. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I don't want to leave this place with stuff inside me that I never tried. And I have children where, where they're adults now, but I want to be representational of that. Mm-hmm. I want them to soar. And sometimes you have to take a risk. And it's, and, and it's so funny. I even don't like using the word risk because actually what you're doing is you're investing in yourself. Yes. So it's not a risk. Yes. You're taking a chance on yourself. Okay. Yes, I love so, that. And it's all about our perspective, right? Hey, listen, absolutely. And I don't want anybody to think, you know, I constantly talk to, to women and I say to them, listen, I can appear, I'm, I'm appearing here, you know, beautiful glasses, nails done and everything else. Okay. And looking confident, but not every day I can walk in the air of confidence. I too have the noise. The difference is I am disciplined in how I control that noise. So I I tell people who I talk to, especially women, that when you are faced with an opportunity and you think you're not good enough, the first, because you hear the noise, oh, you're going to suck at this. Oh, you're going to fail. The first thing I I say to them is you say out loud, no, you pause and you say, that's not correct. Because you Mm -hmm. can't have two negatives going on at the same time. So when you speak to yourself openly or loudly and say, no, that's not correct with emphasis and with pause, the negative cycle shuts down because now you're listening to the possible, the positive one. Right. And so just like a sport that requires training, Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. It's not something just you audit one, one and done. No, you have to consistently do it and stop looking at what other people are doing. This is your race. That's one thing track and field taught me. There are eight lanes. How you choose to run those eight lanes is the difference between gold, silver, bronze, or no medal at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. So run your own race, run your own race because you're competing with yourself. The, your competitor is only, is only a vision to let you know what the potential exists. Mm. That's how you need to look at things. Okay. Oh my God. She made 200 mil. Maybe I can do that. Yes. Not, oh my God, she made who, who is she? Exactly. It's yes. to inspire. Yeah. I love, I love all of what you said. I was just thinking about what you said about, you may look confident right now, but you can't um, live in that space 24 seven. And no. I don't remember no. where I, I heard no. the quote, but there's a quote, um, it says courage is fear walking. So, yes. you know, it's, it's yes. very similar yeah. to the, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> exactly or or the famous one is fear is false evidence appearing real that's Mm -hmm. that's a more common one and Mm -hmm. uh the one that i love is thankfulness takes the sting out of adversity Mm. Mm. i love that yeah in um in my my first book i switched around the acronym of fear the false evidence appearing real into face everything and rise because i love that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, because I realized I that. that everything that I have ever wanted was on the other side of what I was afraid of. 
And it wasn't until I got certified as a mindset coach where I started to understand, you know, when we come up against, you know, we call it the terror barrier, but, you know, when you're going after something that you really want, something that's out of your comfort zone, or, you know, you're reaching for that new thing, when you get to the other side of that, when you break through the fear, that's where the rewards are. And that's where, you know, the blessings and the gratification and all those things that we were afraid of, right? That's right. And it's the, the pushing through where, you know, it, it builds our confidence because you look back and you're like, oh, I did that. And then you do it yes. over and over again. And then it's your confidence I, I, in the thing. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I can't stress taking a pause to celebrate those moments because sometimes we just rush through mm-hmm. and it's like, hang on, that's a significant achievement. Recognize it, celebrate it, sit in it for a little while. Right. Because yeah. that that was a breakthrough. Yes. It's significant before yeah. you tackle the next thing, right? Absolutely. Because it's important to recognize those moments so that when you get stuck on that hill, and there's always a hill, right? <laughs> Where, you know, we're kind of perching on and we can't figure out how to clear. The previous breakthroughs are reminders of our resilience, yes. of our perseverance of our yeah. tenacity, of our no holes bar, of our or whatever you want to kick ass, take names. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. But, but you know, that's how we get through. So yes. That's, that's important as well. Yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. I, I feel like I can go down this whole side conversation with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> For a woman who's listening right now, you know, what advice would you give to that woman that maybe she doesn't know where to, where to start. She's afraid to start that thing. What, what advice would you give to her? So one of the things I am a huge proponent of is self-care and self-care is not Mm -hmm. just the physical self-care is the mental quietness of finding out what it is you want your life to look like. You have to start there. Okay. And so if you are surrounded in chaos, chaotic people, chaotic environment, chaotic lifestyle, you can't find that quiet place because you're surrounded by noise. noise. Mm -hmm. So you have to find a way to extricate yourself, whether it's you go to a library, you find a quiet space and you take 45 minutes a day. Because what has to happen is what I call the unveiling. It's the peeling of the layers. We're like onions. And so when we peel those layers and we ask the questions, What do you want out of life? How do you want to see your life? What do you want out of life? What is really important to you? What do you feel that you're really good at? Mm -hmm. And if you could snap your fingers and it could happen tomorrow, what would you do that you're passionate about? So you, and, and these answers don't come overnight. So I don't want anybody to, I don't want to, you know, give anybody the, the false sensation that, oh yeah, you know, four or five questions, boom, you're in. No. Because sometimes in doing the unveiling, you're going to have to recognize any trauma that you haven't addressed. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as we know, I'm going to start snapping my fingers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because we all call with, tra- we come with trauma and drama. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep it real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so if, if you don't address that, you it makes it that much more difficult. And I emphasize that to find your strengths. Yes. Because you are not dealing with the underlying issues. 
and you cannot build a foundation on sand. So I cannot build confidence and exude confidence and I'm fragile and meek on the inside. Right. I can only do that for so long before the house comes tumbling right. down. That right. False confidence. So, yeah. Exactly. So that quiet time is extremely important. And for me, that's sacrilegious. Like my quiet time, my Zen time is something I make sure I carve out. And I was saying to somebody, I was joking around with somebody the other day that when I know I'm off the rails is if I come home and my living room is a mess, then I know (laughs) I've not been thinking because we know, we know, you know, when, when things are all over the place, your shoes aren't put away, you know, there's just paper and I can tell. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going off the rails, time to reset. Yes. So the pushing of that reset button is what drives and inspires me. But for other women, you have to have that quiet time. And I know some of us are fearful of having that quiet time because it may trigger and bring up other things. But here's the positive part. When you recognize what your deficits are, you can fix it. Yes. But if you don't, then how do you heal? Right. right? And you have to heal yourself before you can find within yourself what you have to give others. Yes. Right? So my pain, that two years of hiatus, was my healing. Whether or not I liked it, <laughs> that's just what it, what it was, right? Yeah. So that now, fast forward, I can now give of myself. I have a better understanding and a better appreciation of the time I, I, I spend around people. And I can appreciate where they are at. And so that is what that that is what I would share with women, because we all have something to give. Absolutely. Without a doubt. You know, there's so much that you said there in all of that, that I, I, w- I want to unpack some of that. You know, OK, so let's start with the, the last part of what you just said. Like, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And I used to be the person that had the mindset of, okay, well, if my cup is half full, then I can still, you know, pour out to other people. But then I had to go through my own healing journey and I had to learn to process some things, the trauma and the drama. And um, when I learned to put my self care routine in place, I realized that my cup needs to be full and I am pouring from my overflow. That's right. Yeah. You know, when you you spoke about when you come home and your living room's a mess that lets you know where where things are with you. And interesting enough, when I was, so I used to sell real estate full time. And when I was in real estate, there was, you know, a whole bunch of things about our environment that I was studying. And one of the the things that I had learned is, you know, the the clutter in your space, it's a representation of the clutter in your mind. Yes. I used to be that person, you know, my kids say my OCD is a little too much now because everything needs to be tidy. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need if I come home and I see clutter, my brain automatically starts to go haywire. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So it's important. So for the women who are listening, like, look around your room right now. What what does it tell you about what's going on in your head? Maybe it's time to clean up, not just your room, but what's going on inside your head. that's right. And and that declutter mechanism is what will allow for space for new things to come in, yes. new ideas, new yeah. dreams. That's the whole idea. I mean, I'm in the process of purging out my kitchen. If you saw what's behind this camera, you would be, okay, okay, you are significantly decluttering. Okay. And and I was like, okay, I can't wait for the weekend to get here so I can finish it. 
because there's something when you put your the, the key in your door and you walk in, it's your safe space. Yeah. And it should, it's the, it's the place that supports you, makes you feel secure, makes you feel, you know, healthy and whole. And so that is equally as important Absolutely. mentally and physically. So that's all you're doing. We're taking yeah. it from the physical space to the mental side. Yeah. People like all, all of these uh, spaces, like they, they connect. Like, for example, when I have women that come to me for coaching and they're like, oh, well, you know, do you focus on small business? Do you focus on per personal development? I'm like, it's, it's all one. Okay. Your, your, your personal and your business development, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because if you're not okay in your personal development journey, exactly. isn't there, it affects your exactly. business, right? Exactly. Um, and even the advice that you gave to the women that are listening about prioritizing self-care, I had to learn, I'm going to say about three years ago when I was going through my, I'm going to say healing journey from a breakup, where I learned to prior prioritize self-care and I broke it down into mind, body, and soul. You know, because sometimes I may ask a woman, like, what's your self-care routine look like? And they're telling me about their, just their skincare regimen or yes, you know, their yes. workout or whatever. Um, <laughs> but true. I break it down into mind, body, and soul because we are people, we have different parts to us, different layers, different, different, you know, levels. So if I am not taking care of one part of me, it affects the other, the right? Other. There, it's, it's not in harmony. So I have to make sure that, you know, in my mind that I'm constantly educating myself and, and reading and, and, you know, doing yes. things to clear my mind and for my soul, making sure, you know, prayer, meditation, um, you know, for my body, like making sure I get enough sleep and I'm eating properly and doing all those, they all affect each other. Like as an yes. entrepreneur, you know, you're, some people feel like, you know, it's a, it's a 24 seven, but I've learned to set boundaries because I need to prioritize my self care. And if I'm not okay, I don't have the energy to function within the business and to go after the things and to serve to the level that I want to serve or make the impact or do any of those things if I'm not taking care of me. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And you hit the nail on the head. And it's funny because you said mind, body, and soul. I was having a, a chat with my daughter and um, she said the same thing. She goes, you know, I have mind, body, and soul where I focus on all three. And I was just thrilled, thrilled to hear that because, you know, sometimes as women, we get to tell our daughters or even sons, because it's not just limited to women, it's human beings require yeah. this self-care. And so yes. we we really have to stress the the significance of that and the importance. Absolutely, absolutely. So okay, so when and where are you the happiest? Oddly enough, when I'm by myself with a book, I I have this thing in the summer where I try and read three books, and for me that's my escape because when when you have so many touch points where you're where you're connecting with people, you tend to be the opposite, which is that quiet time where you just get to to be quiet or escape through a novel. And for me, that quiet time I use as well to just do a check-in with me. You know, mm -hmm. how is Janice doing? What do you want? Are you good? What do you didn't like? And, you know, are, are you happy in your space and place? And you said something about the relationship earlier. That is so significant too, because I had to learn in my thirties and forties that as much as we want to be in relationships, you can't give more of yourself where you are at a deficit. And we mm -hmm. constantly do that, you know, and 
we I, I was joking around with some some friends the other day and one of them was turning 50 and she was saying oh what should i expect when i'm 50 i said oh girl you're gonna love 50 because 50 you don't give a crap what people think okay <laughs> yeah i got there at 40 <laughs> exactly and i said at 50 you don't give a crap what people think she goes well what happens at 60 and 70 i said well at 60 you're literally your own woman you don't you don't have to check in tell anybody what you're doing and at 70 you speak your mind and you don't watch your words and at 80 you pretty much say anything that comes to your mouth because nobody <laughs> you feel nobody's listening to you <laughs> anyway right so so but but to 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 go back to your point i've always thought that as women and especially black women and i don't speak for all black women when we get into relationships and i don't know if it's because we've been conditioned based on what we've seen we always feel like we have to give 150% Mm-hmm. Even when that person is only pouring in 50%. And I started saying to myself, listen, this is not the kennel club show. I do not have to outperform <laughs> or, you know, do a dog and pony show or show you how many tricks I can do. No, mm-hmm. that is not how I assess my value anymore. I'm sorry. All so right. my philosophy is, hey, listen, what you see is what you get. And if you can cope with all this, okay, (laughs) in a respectful manner and still appreciate the confidence that comes with it, the support when it's needed, then I can equally reciprocate what you give me. Yes. Because now I'm not settling for less than. Yes. Right? Because it's, it's equal. It has to be equal. And so for the women, I have to stress Make sure you have your tribe. That's also important. Yes. That's sisterhood of girlfriends. And mm-hmm. I don't mean acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Your sis, your sisters, your sisters, the, the, your ride or dies, your yeah. ride or dies. And they come in different colors and creed. I don't want anybody. I yeah. don't, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, well, your sister has to do that. No, she doesn't. Right. Your ride or die sisters come in various forms because it's a soul connection. I truly yes. believe that they just get you. Yeah. That is imperative because that is your cheerleading squad. And when yes. you're an entrepreneur, only surround yourself with your cheerleading squad because those people celebrate with you. They will cry with you. They will lift you when you fall and they will always check in. Listen, I have girlfriends where I only talk to them once every four months, but they are there. Yeah. They never go, oh my God, I haven't heard from you in two weeks. Never. Right. When you, you pick, pick up, up where you left off. It, it, precisely. Yeah. It's seamless. Yeah. But yeah. that community is integral as well because we see it with mental illness right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, th- the tragic story of young Miss, Miss, Miss America, Black America. You know, and because we, we, we walk around with these smiles and brave faces and we don't share what's going on. And there is no shame in vulnerability. When my partner died, I weeped like I never wept before. And it was my sisters that caught me because I was always the strong one in the group. And here's a beautiful thing about that sister friendship. You have the strong one. You have the outspoken one. You have the loud one. You have the funny one. You have the empathetic yep. one. <laughs> you have the crazy one. <laughs> okay. And yep. This is what makes our life complete. Yes. So we need to celebrate, really and truly celebrate that friendship because they are our anchor and 
they they get us without yeah. us having to explain ourselves. Absolutely. So I, I have to throw in that piece that is so important. No, thank you for that. Honestly, thank you so much for that. I Well, before we, we get to the final segment, I want you to tell the people where they could stay connected with you online. Online, you can find us at www.foodpreneurlab.com. We also have uh, Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is pretty active. God bless my team, because I'm not necessarily a social media <laughs> kind of person. But, you know, some every now and again, they drag me in there. But we're on social media at Foodpreneur uh, Lab as well. And, uh, and yeah, you can find us there. And, you know, if you go to the website and you have questions, feel free to send me an email. I'm always... Rule number one, I always stay open. So I really and truly embrace whatever is coming because I have a rule. When you push against things, that's when it's more difficult to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's almost a law of physics, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right, so, you're right. Okay, so the final segment of the show is kind of like a rapid fire. You can say yes. the first thing that, that comes to mind, whether it be one word um, or one sentence. Sometimes I may ask you to unpack. I, I knew you were going to do Don't ask me why. I, I thought, I wonder if she does rapid fire. <laughs> and here we are. So shoot, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Oh, don't worry. You'll get over it. <laughs> okay. What's the best advice you've ever received? Does it really matter? As simple as that. Does it really matter? Okay. What's the biggest surprise you've had in the last year? How well I've embraced who I am. I love who I am. Mm. And that took time. You know, Mm. I tell people, you know, people worry about, oh, I get, I'm getting, I go in the mirror, I pat my face, I talk to myself. Because listen, if I don't love me first, who is? Yeah, that's my motto. <laughs> okay, yep. so as my sister says, I love me some Janice, <laughs> <laughs> and, and not in a vain way. I want to put that classic, yeah. but in a healthy way. In a healthy yeah. way, and I yeah. mean, and you're you're a believer, so you understand. Like even when they talk about you know the Ten Commandments, love God first, and then love your yes. neighbor as you love yourself, which means so, you need to love yourself first. Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. And. One of my rules is, and I really do abide by this, is treat people how you would want to be treated. That's mm-hmm. that I live by that. Love it. Okay. When was the last time you cried? Oh my God. Two weeks ago, I was watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago, I was watching a movie and it brought me to tears. Love it. When was the last time you apologized to someone else? Uh, a week ago, I thought I was very curt in an email response. And I realized I was being, um, I was trying to deflect. Mm-hmm. And so I paused and because I felt it, even though the words were saying, well, no, 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 no. I felt it. Yes. And so I, I sent another email and said, listen, you know, um, I apologize if this is how you felt. And I agree with you. I, I had to take ownership of it because I'm not perfect. So I took right. ownership of it. Good on you. Good on you. And last but not least, what do you want your legacy to be? Wow. It's so funny you asked that question. So I never really truly understood what the term legacy is supposed to be because it means different things to different people. And I I always thought it was, 
somebody who wanted a bust carved out on a statue <laughs> <laughs> saying, oh yeah, I remember her. What I've learned, legacy is you doing God's work. That's what legacy is. And he uses you as a conduit. So that's what I want my legacy to be. I serve my purpose and I did it well. I love it. Love it. Love it. Wow. Thank you so much for Thank you. taking the time to join us, for sharing your gems and your wisdom with us and all of your beautiful jokes and laughs. I truly, thank truly, you. truly appreciate you, Janice. Thank you. Uh, it was fun. And I thank you. And I, my hope is that we have reached, connected and made a lot of people feel better and provided inspiration and hope for those who are stuck in places that are not sure. And, you know, uh, we support and we love you no matter where you're at and what you're going through. And please, if you need to reach out to people, don't hesitate because you have people around you who love you and care for you and just want to be there for you. So I just want to remind people of that. Thank you for that beautiful reminder. That was also a reminder to me. Thank you. You're very welcome. And it was a pleasure. <laughs> and to all, all of right, you girl. legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And I just want to thank every single one of you that has continued to listen to the show each week to help us rank globally in the top 1.5 out of almost 2.8 million podcasts. So thank you. And if you can think of, I'm going to challenge you today to three women that would receive value from hearing today's episode. Please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag uh, Janice uh, at Foodpreneur Lab and you can tag myself at The Real Mikini Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. Thank you.